Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How did you view it? Did you sit up and watch it last night? Maybe you're just waking up and thinking, how did it all go? Well, Boris won by, as they say, a country mile. 028-90-333-105-077-66-105-105. Let me speak to Ben Lowry from the newsletter. Ben, good morning. Good morning. Uh, ben, there isn't a party in Northern Ireland that agrees with what Boris Johnson is now doing. And I just wonder, is it worth asking at this very early stage in the programme, considering the 18 MPs will be now thinking about their next move, whether they take a seat or not at Parliament. Have we managed to basically waste our time voting here in this part of the United Kingdom? Well, I don't think that we wasted our time voting in any more than anywhere else in Kent or that has a small number of seats. Um, all of the seats do add up and at different times all of the seats are influential. I mean, in, even in parliaments that Margaret Thatcher had huge majorities in, there were a number of key votes, not very many, admittedly, that she did lose. But so, yes, it's worthwhile voting. You never know what the result is going to be. And the MPs are not going to, frankly, be very influential in this parliament because it's going to last for five years. And it's not only um, Boris Johnson having a majority, a significant majority. It's also the fact that um, he has expunged all the rebels. He doesn't have, um, you know, he doesn't have a, a backbench rebellion, which, as I say, even Margaret Thatcher would have backbench rebellions from moderate Tories and all of that kind of thing. I mean, there's nobody is going to rebel on Brexit. There might be one or two who've got slipped through the net, but, you know, they, they lost all those rebels. So his deal is going to, that, that's it. I mean, that's, it's just coming. And not only is that, is it coming because of the numbers, it's also coming because he, of all people, I mean, all of the Brexiteers did this, but he, of all people, was the, we have to be out by March 29, we have to be out by October 31 when that became the new deadline, and now the, the deadline is going to be very soon indeed. It is a, a time of crisis for Northern Ireland. As I say, every party objects to what Boris Johnson is doing. Do stay with me, Ben, because I want to also speak to Eamon Malley, who's uh, joining us uh, as well. Uh, good morning, Eamon. 
the money, Frank. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a massive day for Boris Johnson and anyone working in broadcasting will send heartiest congratulations to any new Prime Minister, especially a Prime Minister who wins so handsomely. But what does it mean? What does it mean for us? No, they won't. No, they will not send heartiest congratulations to Boris Johnson. Look, nobody in Northern Ireland is going to send heartiest congratulations to Boris Johnson. Is that, is that, is that not I protocol? Heard, yeah. Is that not protocol, Eamon, to, to congratulate uh, 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 an MP who's just had a ringing endorsement as a Prime Minister? It'll be totally disingenuous, and you know that, Frank. Nobody from Northern Ireland. Listen to what, listen to what Jim Shannon said last night about, uh, about this Prime Minister. He said, you, you, you send him out walking in Alsatian and he comes back and gives you a chihuahua and he tells you it's an Alsatian. That's the attitude of people in politics towards Boris Johnson. But let me just tell you where my overall take on this here now. What I've been telling you, Frank, habitually on your morning show about where the nationalist opinion was going in places like South Belfast, the middle classes were going. We have had a playing out in reality of that particular dimension. The majority delivered by, um, the, by, by the SDLP representative at South Belfast, Claire Hanna. It's a, it's a staggering result. 15,000 of a majority. Look at what happened in Lagan Valley. The, the, the uh, majority, the safest seat in, in the United Kingdom. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Donaldson's vote was slashed. East Belfast. It is extraordinary what has happened here. And the Nigel Dodds losing a seat in, in North Belfast, that is a hammer blow. Nigel Dodds is the heartbeat of the Democratic Unionist Party. He is the continuum. He represented the very soul of the Democratic Unionist Party. And he was taken out by Sinn Féin in, in, uh, in uh, North Belfast. That win by Michel uh, Gildernew, uh, by 53 or 54 votes in Fermanagh, Tyrone. Again, just shows you where this place is going. And then the success of Colm Eastwood in, in, in Derry. I, I have to say something. I, this gives me no comfort from looking from a, at it from a unionist perspective. This is very destabilizing for unionism. And I just hope that there's a nerve within unionism which can hold the line here, which doesn't uh, uh, p- perhaps breed a, 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 a more raucous element within unionism. Because uh, I always feared that this would happen because uh, if... There's a big push now for this border pole, and there's a big push for towards the United Ireland. It could further destabilise uh, Northern Ireland. So we should be very careful with our language in the coming days. Frank. Okay, well, let me, let me use language that's already been used. You say that Nigel Dodds was taken out by Sinn Féin. Was Nigel Dodds not taken out by, and I quote, the pan-nationalist front? Well, th- th- this is a term that was used last night repeatedly by by um, Edwin Putz. Uh, You could argue there's a validity to that, but then when you see what happened in North Belfast, Steve Aiken, the new leader of the Ulster Unionist Party, in fact, before he became the leader of the party, fell victim to a pact to try and stop Sinn Féin. So you can argue the very same thing happened there. For Manasatron, you can argue it happened there as well. So it's a tit-for-tat game that. But the reality is, Pacts were done. And why were pacts done? For headcount reasons. P 
pure negative sectarianism. That's why PACs are done here. Let's not delude ourselves, Frank. It is, as I said to Ben at the beginning, it, it, it's more or less irrelevant now, isn't it? You know, we, we have 18 MPs who ha- have no clout whatsoever. Correct. I'll tell you something else, Frank. Do you see this full uh, aspiration of the, of the Democratic Unionist Party in the run into the election to get back to Stormont? Take it from me, they'll be running for the hills now. If you look at the growth, the extraordinary growth in the alliance vote, it is remarkable. And in, in the assembly election, there is no telling uh, uh, what's going to happen to the Democratic Union's party in that election. And if you look at the Sinn Féin vote, the Sinn Féin vote has, has not grown at all in this election. So we're in a very, very significant uh, future here in terms of the importance and relevance of the uh, Alliance Party. Naomi Long has done an extraordinary job. She has slashed Gavin, Gavin Robinson's uh, uh, majority in East Belfast. Stephen Farry has has killed or uh, killed off Alex Eastwood in uh, Easton in, in North Down. Nobody, nobody foresaw that that was coming in North Down. Everybody knew that Sylvia Herman had a, had a very considerable vote to 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 share. But my God of Almighty, it, it, it was quite a dramatic first count result in Northern Ireland when Stephen Farry. It was comparable in many ways to to the occasion when Peter Robertson lost his seat in East Belfast to Naomi Long. Nobody could, could see that coming, but it happened. It is quite a remarkable election, and I think the Democratic Unionist Party will be running to the hills. They won't be running to Stormont. Conservatives 364 seats, Labour 203, so a massive, massive win for the Conservative Party. And you mentioned Stormont there, Eamon. Do you not get a sense that that's where the spotlight is going to be now? I told you in, in uh, 218, there was a deal done between Sinn Féin and the Democratic Unionist Party, including the Irish language. Arlene Foster couldn't sell it. It was scuppered by senior MPs, some of the most senior MPs by her side. She couldn't deliver. In this climate, do you think she's going to be able to sell, that she's going to be able to sell an Irish language act if that is the demand, if that's the price of Sinn Féin for going into government? RHI is coming down the line. It'll be very interesting to see which leaders are standing at the end of the day here. Will Steve Aiken be standing at the end of the day? Will Arlene Foster be standing at the end of the day? Why are we entering into an, an important, significant, interesting phase again? Eamon, thank you very much indeed. Uh, ben Larry, the DUP, are they focusing on going back to Stormont or not? Um, I think the DUP have for a long time wanted to go back to Stormont. Um, Although I do agree with him, and it really becomes very difficult um, to sell an Irish language act uh, when you're weakened. Um, and that can be looked at from a critical point of view of unionists. It could also be looked at from a critical point of view of the fact that there is the demand and that one party is saying what needs to happen for where Stormont returns. But there's, it's really very hard to look at what's happened in these elections and see it as any anything other than uh, a very problematic election in terms of community relations. I mean, a lot of strange things have happened. The uh, resurgence of the SDLP in the Northwest um, shows that, suggests that, indicates that Sinn Féin isn't, as has sometimes seemed the case in recent decades, on a sort of relentless um, upward rise. But um, then North Belfast, I mean, again, you were talking there about the description of 
a pan-nationalist front. Um, that is a unionist perception that um, not only did uh, John Finucane win this, all this talk about um, there'd be that core of SBLP voters who wouldn't uh, transfer over. There wasn't much evidence of that. In fact, there seems to have been a very large number of um, moderate nationalists who came out and voted for that because it was a very decisive. I don't think anybody was suggesting that John Finucane would win by 2,000 votes. There was talk about him winning by a couple of hundred. And then to add to the sense of demoralization on the unionist side, um, there was, you know, it's, this is now the second time that Tom Elliott has lo lost by a really small margin, a major seat. So a bad night all round for anyone writing for a unionist readership. Well, um, as it happens, I do write for a unionist readership, but I think it's more a, a, bad, a bad night for the readership um, rather than the person who writes for it. I think that there's just no way of dressing up these figures as bad for unionism because the rise in the Alliance Party comes from a, a number of directions, but one of it is people who would formerly have been somewhere on the unionist spectrum. And um, I'm not being unfair in the Alliance Party to say that its leading members use phrases like that they are agnostic on the union. So it isn't a, a good place for unionists if, if uh, anybody who puts the union at the, the store of their, at the heart of their worldview um, for that to be happening. Um, so that you know that that is that is not a good result, and um, it, it's hard to it's hard to see it any other way. And and I think that South Belfast, which was being talked about there, is worth looking at because I think from a unionist perspective, South Belfast is a catastrophic result because remember, twenty seven thousand to eleven thousand. Uh, Claire Hannah, Emma Little, Pengelly, I, I am saying I, I was up until very late and I hope I have those figures right off the top of my head. Um, but uh, that is, the, remember that followed a, a unionist, loyalist, get the vote out effort. Well, that didn't work very well. And if anything, it drove peop, some people into the hands of Claire Hannah. 27 to 11,000. There's just no getting away from the fact that that's an appalling result for the main unionist candidate. And there's not really any getting away from the fact that the Alliance Party never even came close to winning in North Down. North Down always had a substantial alliance vote, but was a safe unionist seat for unionists somewhere on the spectrum. Lady Silver Herman, Robert McCartney, um, Jim Cofetter before, and now Alliance not only win, they win by a large 3,000 vote margin. Anybody who is a capital U unionist, small U unionist, who describes themselves as unionist is looking today at pretty grim results. Well, the Alliance Party seem to be doing something right considering their uh, return in, in recent uh, standings in, in polls generally. Um, ben Larry, it was suggested last night by Edwin Poots that the Prime Minister is now in such a strong position that he could go back and renegotiate and get a better deal for Northern Ireland, get a better deal generally. He was practically laughed at in the studio by the likes of David Liddington who was in the BBC studio uh, last night. 
there's a sense of, my goodness me, you don't know that man if you think he's going to go back and re uh, uh, take the tin foil off the oven ready deal that's about to be popped in at yeah. gas mark 240 so uh, does Edwin Poots have any point there that he could I do something? Maybe um, uh, it's, it's maybe it's right to show a little bit of charity to when people are clutching at straws um, what other way can the DUP look at this. Um, uh, it's not very easy to turn around and say it's all disastrous. Uh, it's not very easy to say, uh, as you, as David Lidington, I didn't see that exchange, seems to have been saying, um, and as is a plain to the rest of us, Boris Johnson is not going to change the deal. He either didn't understand the details of the RSC um, checks or he wasn't entirely candid about them. It's one of those two things. Um, Scottish nationalism is rampant, and uh, the unionist vote is not in a good place, as I was just saying. So I suppose maybe if you're trying to look at a positive, you hold on to the hope that he is stronger in his negotiations with Brussels. There's no doubt about that. He's stronger than Theresa May ever was because she lost her overall majority. But I'm afraid that the chances of that happening are negligible because... Remember, it was Boris Johnson and thinkers like him who talked about this date of getting out, the end of March, then the end of October. And it's he who put himself in the straitjacket of urgently needing to get out. And I would be astonished if anything other than there is a rapid implementation of this deal with virtually no rebellion and a major economic border in the Irish Sea that was never there before. Okay, Ben Laurie from the newsletter, thank you very much indeed. Patiently waiting at our invitation is Amanda Ferguson. Amanda, uh, good morning. Good morning, Frank. I know you've been busy for most of the night. What do you make of where we are from a Northern Irish perspective, looking across at Boris absolutely rolling in the delight of his mandate? Well, I think it's a disaster for uh, for Northern Ireland. I think that the, the DUP will be horrified what they have seen unfold, particularly as they were relying on there being a home parliament. Um, and I think it's even more interesting when you look closer to home, the reasons why the results came through in, in the way that they did. I think that the, a lot of the analysis of the parties um, in recent times has, has been incorrect. If you look at the Alliance Party, the suggestion that the Alliance Party is a small unionist party is a nonsense. It has unionists, it has Republicans, it has those who designate as other voting for it. It's very clear that that's something that's happening. And I think that the dismissal of what's happened in somewhere like Belfast North as, as a pan-nationalist front by the DUP leader shows um, a distinct lack of learning from what happened after the Assembly election the last time out. Because we all know that Arlene Foster famously said that it was a wake-up call for unionism. Well, this is another wake-up call for slow learners. Um, and I think that the DUP is going to have to work on its image problem and its relationship with people who are, who are non-unionists. And how do they go about that? How, what, what, what steps do you think they'll be maybe not admitting to at the moment, but behind the scenes they'll be discussing? 
I think there's maybe a, a bit of humility that needs shown, and I think that there is um, has to be an understanding that Irish identity is on a par with British identity in Northern Ireland. I think that we're all big enough and ugly enough uh, to accommodate everybody's traditions. I don't think that there needs to be such controversy around something such as an Irish language act. Um, and I think that the DUP um, has had a has had a difficult night. You know, I think that um, the the loss of, of Nigel Dodds in particular. Um, I think that we expected that Emma Little Pengelly would lose her seat in South Belfast just because of the nature of the way that she won it the, the last time round. But you know, that's that's a big message that's been sent to the DUP in North Belfast, not just a, you know from a pan-nationalist front as, as it's been described. It's also about people's position on Brexit. It's also about people's um, verdict and analysis of how the DUP has conducted itself in recent years, stemming from the crocodile comments, uh, the Leaf bursary, all the way through to what we're dealing with now. And I think that to, to knee-jerk and describe it as a, as a pan-nationalist front is, is really lacking in insight. Where are we with regards to the SDLP this morning? They're, they'll be feeling good. They've every reason to be. They've they've two MPs that they didn't have. But is it a true reflection of where the SDLP are? I think that the, the SDLP can be very pleased with the performance that it's given over the campaign. I think that they've brought an energy to it that, that was maybe lacking previously, um, and it's the sort of energy that they'll need to sustain if they want to compete. Uh, effectively against Sinn Féin in assembly elections and, and other elections going forward. I think that Claire Hanna herself knows that um, in, in large part her, her success is down to the fact that Sinn Féin and the Greens stood aside. You know, in fact, she thanked uh, Claire Bailey, the Green Party leader, for her selflessness and generosity and support um, during the campaign. But whenever you look to somewhere like FOIL, that's a straight win. That's a straight, you know, um, endorsement of, of the SDLP and the message that, that they were bringing to the doors. I don't think that... But, but, but is it a Amanda, is it is it at foil, or did a significant number of unionists vote for Colm Eastwood? Yes, but there's always been tactical voting here. You know, I think that people were talking about this election as if tactical voting is something new, and it isn't. Um, and I think that, you know, the last time uh, there was a Westminster election of foil, it was only lost by 169 seats. So it was a very narrow uh, margin, and I think that perhaps Sinn Féin has suffered because the focus of so much news media has been on the Northwest for, for the longest while, the fact that we haven't had the storming institutions up and running, uh, and then the fact that everybody was talking about how important um, Westminster representation would be but you, you can see from the you can see from the, the spread of the votes and, and where people um, have put the X in their box you know that in Belfast North people knew that they were voting for an abstentionist MP um, and it was a combination of reasons that they that they did that not least because they wanted to deliver a verdict on, on, on the DUP's conduct of recent years. And what about Alliance? What's your view on the Alliance party and what has been a successful time for them? Yeah, I think that the Alliance Party can be very happy. Um, Eamon was wrong in his analysis there because I predicted that North Down uh, would go to the, to the Alliance Party and that was for a number of reasons. One, it was a Remain constituency to begin with and I think that even though uh, Lady Sylvia Herman would be too classy to endorse um, an election candidate, but it would have been fairly obvious to the people that would have supported her that her preference would not have been the DUP. And I think that the Alliance message um, of, of being you know, non-committal on the Constitution works for people who are no longer sort of uh, fear-mongered into being concerned about the future of the union or about border polls. There's people that are within uh, the, 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 our neighbours, our friends, everybody around us that are of a unionist persuasion and of a Republican persuasion, but they know that the only... Um, 
a poll that counts in terms of the constitution is the actual border poll. So in the meantime, if they think that the Alliance Party is going to deliver a positive message and deliver for everyone in Northern Ireland, they can give them their support uh, at this stage. It, it's, it's, it's part almost of a maturing of politics here, and I don't think um, that people have to be fearful of that. I think that it's very well documented that whenever it comes down to the day that the border poll does happen, that it will be essentially uh, the obvious unionists and Republicans that will decide that. It'll be that middle ground of people who are Alliance voters, Green voters, um, other smaller uh, party voters, um, who we don't know what way their their, uh, constitutional position um, is at the moment because they they throw their weight behind a party that doesn't prioritise that. But it'll be that centre ground, and that centre ground has been alienated, uh, unfortunately, by the DUP. So I think that um, at DUP HQ, they're going to have to have um, a big debrief about where it has gone wrong for them um, and appreciate that the the stance that they've been taking in recent times just isn't working. Okay, Amanda Ferguson. Amanda, thank you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 02890-3105. Rosie in Tandragee says, Frank, I've congratulated Boris Johnson. Who the heck is that? <laughs> then you, she used the word uh, plonker. This is a reference to a conversation I had earlier in the programme with Eamon Malley, where I said, is it protocol for broadcasters to heartily congratulate an MP who's become a Prime Minister with such a mandate? And Eamon suggested he wouldn't be getting any congratulations from this part of the world. Well, Rosie's certainly uh, congratulating him. Um, let's see what else is coming up here. Um, this is saying it's win-win all round. A good border down the Irish Sea. Dodds out, Pengelly out. I wonder uh, what uh, constituency that particular uh, voter, voter would be uh, contacting us from and where uh, I see his name indeed he signed off there's a guy called Mark where his uh, allegiances would lie Uh, Frank we hear all the time when it comes to elections and so forth that it means what it means for unionists and nationalists what does it mean for unionists what does it mean for nationalists when it comes to Northern Ireland but surely it should mean what it means for the people of Northern Ireland because for me and many others regardless whether it be unionist or nationalist it should be that we work Work together for the people of Northern Ireland. After all, surely that's what they're being elected for, uh, says this texter. And uh, just uh, if you are just waking up, by the way, and I suppose there's always the possibility that uh, some of you don't keep as watchful an eye on the issues as others. Um, the state of play basically is that the Conservatives uh, number of seats in the House went up by uh, 47, uh, Labour's went down by 59 the SNP's have gone up by 13, the Liberal Democrats down by 1 and significantly from a Northern Ireland perspective when looked at it from across the water the DUP's number of seats have gone down by 2 but the reality is of course that the DUP are not as relevant now as they would have wished to have been. As a matter of fact, I think it would be fair enough to suggest that they're not only are they not as relevant, they're irrelevant. Or is that unfair? Let me speak to Professor John Tong. John, good morning. 
Good morning, Frank. Fair enough to say that the DUP are now irrelevant? Uh, they're irrelevant. All of Northern Ireland's 18 MPs are now irrelevant because the size of Boris Johnson majority means he can do what he likes, whether it be seven Sinn Féin abstentionist MPs or whether it be the 11 participating MPs uh, at Westminster. Frankly, he's got his mandate for a Boris Brexit and there's not a lot the DUP or Sinn Féin or Alliance or the SDLP can do. The very first question I asked on this programme at nine o'clock was to Ben Laurie of the newsletter. And the question I asked him was, have we wasted our time by voting over the time that the polls were open yesterday, seven in the morning to ten o'clock at night? Did we all in Northern Ireland just waste our time? It's not a waste of time in the sense that elections show the strength of public opinion at any one particular time. And obviously when Northern Ireland went to the polls, no one realised just what a crushing defeat Jeremy Corbyn would suffer. The, the assumption was a small majority or possibly a hung parliament. So you, you could never say an election's a waste of time. I, I think now, though, what will happen is that, that with the focus of power having moved away from Westminster and the DUP, that actually increases the chances of the Assembly getting back together. The, the DUP, it'd be a pretty, pretty bleak vista if they can't get Stormont back on. What else are they going to do? They, there's only local council elections or local councils to provide a power base for the DUP. Well, well, how do I think the line went down? We'll try and get it back up, John. The, the question I would ask you is, how did the DUP sell the Irish Language Act to unionists who are bound to be tearing their hair out this morning? No, unfortunately, John's line has given us a bit of a bleep, a bit of a blip and a bit of a bleep, as they say. Uh, we'll try and get him uh, back up. Uh, 02890 uh, We're throwing open the lines to you generally, of course. You can give us a, a ring this morning. You can let us know uh, what you think. Um, quite a few of you uh, is saying that you are glad. Uh, well, of course, I say quite a few. I just see three more or less together there. One from Ian. Uh, there's one there from Clement. And there's also a, a text from Jeff. Uh, along the lines of uh, Boris Johnson can now do what he set out to do. And it's Clement who's saying uh, the quicker the better. So he's certainly a, a man who wants to get Brexit done. Uh, let's see if uh, John's back with us. You back with us, John? No, unfortunately. Yes, you, yes, you are. Hey, yeah, John, the, the point I was uh, making there uh, generally was in, in relation to the DUP. If they're going to go back to Stormont, how, how do they, as Eamon Malley asked me, how do they sell an Irish language act to a, a, a unionist electorate that's bound to, in many quarters, be tearing its hair out? I don't think it's a question of selling it to a unionist electorate. I think it's a question of selling it internally to those councillors and MLAs who are not keen on an Irish language act because it's a demand of Sinn Féin and therefore conceding it looks like weakness, looks like bowing to Sinn Féin. So there will have to be, you know, uh, other acts attached, protecting Gulfstone Scots, perhaps a, a general loyalist, Protestant, British, uh, orange culture, cultural uh, act attached. So the old three-in-one bill idea will have to be revived but this time it's much more urgent. The last time that Arlene Foster tried to sell that deal internally, the DUP had the, the rather major consolation of power at Westminster. That's no longer the case. So the changed circumstances may facilitate a change of mind within the DUP. But it will be a bitter pill to swallow. There's no question about that. Arlene Foster this morning, is she vulnerable? Yes, she is vulnerable. I mean... Uh, Jeffrey Donaldson, uh, 
will surely become the Westminster leader. Now, the question is whether the DUP still wants to do this, the splitting of the post. Remember that Nigel Dodds previously said that the DUP couldn't be led from Westminster anymore, but that was in the devolution era. There's no real reason at the moment why the DUP couldn't be led from Westminster because there's no power base at Stormont. So, you know, it's possible Arlene Foster may decide to stand down. I think it's unlikely, I have to say, but it's possible, in which case Jeffrey Donaldson would be the, the leader of the DUP, whether it be... It isn't to be this morning with a John's line. Uh, I think we will have to, to leave it there. Uh, John, thank you very much indeed. As a man who's literally been up all night uh, broadcasting on, on many channels and stretching his phone to, to breaking point. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.